Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of Red Zone Talk, a podcast about all things NFL. My name is Paul Solano. I'll be one of the hosts on the show, alongside Brad, who will be my co-host joining me um, in a few weeks once he gets back from Europe. Um, we're really excited to to kick this thing off. Um, it, it's kind of been a thought of starting an NFL podcast, so really excited to be able to launch it and have a chance to talk things all NFL news, uh, preseason, free agency, NFL draft, uh, give predictions for the upcoming week, talk about the following past games, um, and really get a chance to have a podcast where we can not only give um, recognition and talk about our favorite teams, but all teams around the NFL. Uh, That's a big thing that for this podcast I'm excited to do is Uh, stray away from what the mainstream media does and give every team a chance to shine. Um, So really excited to just kick this thing off, get going, and and talk things all things ball. So I'm really excited. Um, So I'll give a quick introduction to myself and Brad Will when he gets back. Uh, My name is Paul Solano, currently uh, located in Orlando, Florida. Um, I am, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, but I love them dearly. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know what you're thinking. This is the year, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've once, A, I've never said that in a serious matter. I think I've only said it once jokingly when we drafted CeeDee Lamb in 2020. Um, But I'm not going to be that type of Cowboy fan, A, nor do I think they really exist. Um, But I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. My dad... um, was a front-runner fan in the 90s, saw the Cowboys were successful, kind of jumped ship. That's how he became a Cowboy fan. And I had the luxury of growing up as one and um, never seeing my team have any success. Outside outside of my Cowboy fandom, um, I actually thought I was going to pursue a career in sports. Went to school for journalism at Florida Atlantic University. Um, I was a part-time radio producer for ESPN West Palm for about a year after my internship there. I was a writer for the Sportster for numerous years. I had my own um, my own radio show over at FAU called The Interns, which lasted about a year, which was all things sports, not specific to football. Um, I, of course, wish it was all football because that's my favorite sport, but I uh, hosted The Interns. Um, and then I was also a uh, reporter for Owl Access covering all things FAU athletics. Um, so not only am I a diehard Cowboys fan, but I did have previously a lot of experience in the sports world, um, completely different from my current career. But just to understand kind of like where I come from as a sports fan. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited to be able to to have this forum, be able to talk, and Brad to be able to talk all things football all the time, Um, try to not only, we don't want this to be a podcast where we're just arguing about stuff. We want to be able to also like educate folks that are listening in um, to the show, be able to talk, you know, give predictions on what's going on, update everyone on the latest NFL news. Um, So really, really excited to be able to just have this, um, and we're going to have special guests all the time, including today. I have a special guest today. Um, I've previously had a non-sports uh, podcast before where I didn't have a special guest all the time. 
doesn't work as well for sports. So uh, even when Brad's out, my plan is to always have a special guest. So if anyone's interested ever in joining, you know, coming on a week for the podcast, let me know. We'll definitely make it happen. Um, so yeah, really, really excited. And let's get into it. Let's, you know, outside of the introductions, it's great to get to know me and everything. Um, but you're not listening to talk about myself the whole time. We're, you're listening to talk some football. So every week, um, and I apologize if my first time I kind of explained through the ropes, but I'm going to always start off with like recent NFL news and then we'll kind of talk about the topics and then really um, not so much now with the preseason, but come in time the season, uh, me and Brad will give our predictions for the upcoming week at the end of the show, just so you have an understanding of like what to expect when you're listening. Um, so first, let me get into some recent NFL news that's going on. Um, so first things first, over the weekend, and I'm not going to talk yet like things that happen in preseason. Going to bring on a special guest and talk about that um, in just a few minutes. But really like big NFL news. Uh, first things first, uh, Saints uh, third-round pick running back, Kendra Miller, was diagnosed with a knee sprain. Uh, got that injured early on in the Saints-Chiefs preseason game. Um, on Sunday, but there is optimism that he'll be ready for week one. Me, myself, as a fantasy football lover and someone who has Kendra Miller on their team, um, obviously I, I was a little scared, especially because he came off a uh, a previous injury that he suffered in college. So <clears throat> happy that there's at least some optimism that he's going to be ready for week one. Not that I expect him to carve out a massive role in his rookie season. I mean, they have Jamal Williams there. Alvin Kamara is only suspended three weeks. So week four, he's going to be back. Um, and of course they've showed some interest as well in running backs on the free agent market. Um, so, but nonetheless, you don't, you know, you don't want to see players that you like get hurt. So hopefully some optimism there that he'll be ready. Next thing, um, next big update was, and the next two are Cowboy related, so I apologize that this is the way that it starts off. But uh, Dallas Cowboys star guard Zach Martin agreed to a new two-year deal worth $36 million, fully guaranteed. <clears throat> Basically, I think he got like an $8 million raise over the last two years of his deal. I know there was a lot of people on social media that were like thinking this wasn't going to get done. It, to me, this was always like just when, not if. Um he was under contract for two years. Cowboys were definitely not going to trade um, not only the best guard in football currently, but probably one of the greatest offensive lines to ever play the game, um, offensive linemen. So deal's done. He's still not even at the top of the market, but definitely higher up. Um, works out for the Cowboys and for Zach Martin. Next, getting into the running back market, um, starting off with former Cowboy Ezekiel Elliott, he signed a one-year deal worth $6 million uh, with the New England Patriots. Um, I know a lot of fantasy football lovers probably hate this that are Ramondre Stevenson fans. Um, I, <coughs> excuse me, Ezekiel is one of my favorite Cowboys of all time. However, not to uh, be too direct, but I do think he's washed. I don't think he has much left in the tank. Not to say that he doesn't have a role. He's a really good short yardage back phenomenal in pass protection. So the Patriots were definitely the perfect fit for him um, and vice versa. Like this made sense. Ramondre Stevenson, I think was like ranked the 23rd running back in like short yardage success. So 
Patriots get their back that um, can use in those short yardage, uh, those short yardage downs, get a guy in pass protection um, to help, you know, ultimately give yourself another blocker out there. So, um, and I'm sure they'll probably run uh, some more 12 personnel with um, with Hunter Henry and Mike Kozeki, uh out there on the field. So um, a good sign, probably a little bit, probably got paid a little bit more than I expected him to, um, but a good fit nonetheless. The next running back market, uh, the next running back to get signed is Dalvin Cook has officially signed a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million with the New York Jets. Um, I don't understand this move at all. I think it's stupid. Um, I know Brees Hall's coming off the major injury, um, but you have a rookie running back out of Pitt, uh, Izzy. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name, um, but a very productive running back out of Pitt. Brees Hall probably will be ready within the next, you know, the first, I would assume probably early on in the season, considering the injury. You have Michael Carter, who, yes, not great between the tackles, but can give you um, can give you a guy that can catch out of the backfield. You also have Zonovan Knight, who kind of um, <clears throat> sparked up a little bit during the season, supposedly has had a pretty good camp. So <clears throat> I just don't love the idea of going after a running back who is efficiency is decreasing, older, you had to pay him $8.6 million. Um, I know a lot of people are like really excited about the Jets, which understandably so. They signed Aaron Rodgers, huge deal. Um, signed, traded for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not as excited just for the simple fact that I feel like they made their wide receiver core worse by trading away Elijah Moore. Alan Lazard steps into the number two, and I think he's he's a fine player. I personally just I like Elijah Moore better, um, and for what they got for him, I th- I don't think it was worth it. Um, and I just don't like the idea, like the money that Dalvin Cook just got, that's starting running back money, which really means Brees Hall comes back as the change of pace back. Um, not as much of a fan as that personally. Last piece of NFL news, uh, more movie, but it involves a NFL player, uh, former offensive lineman, Michael Orr from the blind side alleges he was actually never adopted by the Toei family. Um, but that the couple tricked him into signing a document that gave him um, <coughs> gave him legal authority to make business decisions in his name. I don't know. I've listened to some like Barstool Sports. I know the son was on um, one of the podcasts over there with Dave Portnoy. Have not really paid too much attention to really like what's going on, but um, <coughs> just a little uh, little strange. But anyways, we'll see how that kind of how that comes to fruition, what ends up happening there. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to take a quick break. Going to come back with a special guest, talk about some preseason stuff. Um, <clears throat> later, talking about preseason notes, just who I thought stood out for the weekend. Um, two more star running backs or, yeah, star veteran running backs are on the free agent market. Going to give predictions on. Uh, where I think those running backs are going to sign. And then we're going to close out the show um, covering the NFC and AFC West specifically and the best moves made this offseason by each of those teams. So stay tuned. Got a special guest coming. Can't wait to talk more. Be back in a sec on Red Zone Talk. 
Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Red Zone Talk. I have special guest today, Nick Tanacor. Nick, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me on. on yeah, your, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, I'll let you take the floor for a minute. Just want you know, give yourself an introduction. Tell people who you are. So, um, I'm from Long Island. Um, I've been a college football coach uh, when I was away at school. Came home a year ago. Uh, now I'm coaching in high school. I've uh, been a Ram fan my pretty much my whole life. Um, came a Ram fan through the greatest show on turf. Uh, was a big, big Marshall Fall, Kurt Warner fan. You know, Isaac Bruce, Orlando Pace, Torrey Holt. Just, you know, seeing them in the 99 Super Bowl. And then from there, I've been through the ups and downs. <laughs> Yeah, there's been some of them, but hey, I mean, I, t- I talked about it early in the podcast. You have ups. I have no ups as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> it's just all disappointment for 26 years. It sucks. Yeah, it's been a while for you. I mean, you guys get really, really hyped. You get to like, you know, the second, third round, and then you just crumble. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's pretty uh, it's pretty miserable, but um, that's besides the point. Anyways, excited to have you on the show. Uh, for context, me and Nick, we grew up together. We also played Dynasty together. Um, for those who aren't that advanced, that's basically the better version of fantasy football. So we're <laughs> always giving each other advice on trades, values. So um, oh, yeah. at some point with this podcast, I'll talk about fantasy, but um, not today. Today we're talking about, uh, we're going to start off talking about preseason. So me and Nick kind of wrote down and include want to talk through some like some guys that stood out this weekend some storylines um so nick how about we'll go back and forth i'll let you start on really just uh, you know something that you took away from the games this weekend i know i've probably got like eight um so (laughs) we could be here all day with the ones that i've got but i'll let you kick us off and you know first week of preseason it feels great i feel like this is the most exciting preseason because you just get so amped when football's back yeah, I think especially like now, like being new, like not really talk about fantasy football this week, but being new to Dynasty and like really having to focus on preseason and things like that. I think it's been such a cool experience to like really focus on like the new guys, the guys that really nobody knows who the hell you're talking about when you talk about them. Um, but if you want to kick it off, like, I mean, obviously we got to kick it off with the first game with the Brown Jets, you know, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I I really think um, I've been saying this for a while. I told some of my friends. I think Zach Wilson is going to benefit so much from Aaron Rodgers being there. He looks like a different quarterback from last year to this year. Um, he looks more confident. He looks more like complete. He goes through his reads, like, and he gets the ball out when he needs to get it out. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Um, I do think I was a huge Zach Wilson fan when he came out of BYU. I didn't agree with the pick for the Jets to take him at second overall, mainly because the Jets have had no stability forever. And Zach Wilson's the perfect example of a player who needed stability and he needed to sit for a few years. Obviously that never happened, but now it's nice because there's no pressure on him. Like he just has to learn, absorb. I mean, you saw on with the off platform throw in the second preseason game for him, like, He's got, like, a little Aaron Rodgers swag to him. Um, have you watched any Hard Knocks with them yet? Or I have not. I, I, I'm I not the biggest Hard Knocks person. Eventually, I'll get into it, but um, I haven't yet. 
the first episode was was great. So, you know, Aaron isn't like doing the drill or whatever, and Zach's doing the drill, and Zach like has his sleeves rolled up or whatever, and he I think I think um, Aaron's talking to Hackett or some but like one of the coaches, and. <laughs> Zach goes, yeah, the guy in front of me doesn't have muscle, so I got to show mine off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad he's got, like, he. it seems like he just feels, like, even just, like, mentally just feels more comfortable. He looks, like, confident again. Yeah. But- I, 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 I think you're right. I think this is a win. Like, even if Rodgers doesn't work out and they don't win a Super Bowl with him as a Jet, I think they're going to have benefit Zach Wilson tremendously. Um. I was never even like I know Zach Wilson like <laughs> like he struggled tremendously. He has looked god awful his first two seasons in the league. Um, I think now that he can take a step back and learn, um, I think it it makes that pick. You have a little bit more comfort in that pick. Yeah, I think I, you know learning underneath one of the greatest to ever you know play the position. I think really helps him and and bodes well for his future as a as a quarterback in the league yeah no i would agree i so i'm gonna my my thing that i'll actually kick off with then um because i didn't even think about talking about the first preseason game but <laughs> jets browns i'm going down the depth chart and i'm actually talking about uh dorian thompson robinson quarterback out of ucla he uh if you're unfamiliar which i'm sure many people aren't um <clears throat> basically fighting for the qb2 spot on the Browns and why I think this is interesting is a we know the QB one is Deshaun Watson um (laughs) we know Deshaun Watson didn't look the part last year and I I think he'll improve and everything but when you have like just these rocky quarterback situations it's always or really with any position in football it's always interesting to keep an eye out for who's behind that person um and through the first two uh two preseason games dorian thompson robinson looks great um i think he he was a late round pick and a lot of guys projected him a little bit sooner he looks really comfortable in the offense looks really good obviously he's playing you know with all the backups but he gives me i don't want to say he gives me like dak 2016 vibes in the preseason but like it's somewhere where it's like keep an eye on that this guy like you never know like what could happen if you know something happens with Deshaun Watson or someone's needy for a quarterback and they're like hey I saw what that kid did in the preseason like let's bring him in yeah I I think you know (coughs) Deshaun having the year he had last year I mean he was suspended for you know what he was suspended for and um him not he didn't look like himself last year um the you know uh Thompson Robinson just like lit up the preseason he looked amazing in the jet game he looked even better against the commanders like he looks like he is building just like you know like we said with Zach Wilson confidence and I think yeah. that's one of the hugest like and biggest things that these quarterbacks coming into the league especially when they're young need to build yeah no it definitely like I think that like everyone always like thinks the you know like the physical part is so important and it is. But you you're like you're there for a reason. It's not like you're not physically gifted. Um, I'm just looking at the stats. Like <clears throat> against the Commanders, he was nine of nine of ten, one hundred two with a touchdown. Um, 
going back to the Jets game as well. That's the game that I actually specifically watched for it. He looked really good. Uh, eight out of 11, 82 yards with a touchdown. So he's putting together some good games. Um, intriguing to see just like how he continues to build forward um, <clears throat> on the preseason. What's your next like preseason take or um, note that you got? So I, I honestly um, think I'm really, really impressed right now with the Steelers um, and how they came into this <laughs> season looking, um, you know, coming off of last year with, I think Pickett having a better year than a lot of people thought he was going to mm-hmm. uh, just that team as a whole. I think their draft was great getting, you know, the left fantastic half. draft. Um, then getting Porter, you know, even though the videos of Porter coming out don't look great of him getting ran over by receivers, but you know, I, I think them building what they're building there is going to be really nice, especially that the Austin, uh, Calvin Austin, the third, um, he looks great. Um, Yeah. He's a guy that to me, like I had him ranked as like a third round pick when he came out. And I think he was selected in the fifth. So, you know, my, my dad, my, you know, my dad is, we've, you know, yeah. before my dad's a huge Steeler fan. So he's already like buying into all this preseason stuff. <laughs> he's like, oh, he taped the game. And I'm like, dad, it's a preseason game. What are you taping the game for on TV? <laughs> I don't blame him. I respect it because I watch, I watched the second half of the Cowboy game Saturday night and I woke up Sunday morning to rewatch the first half. <laughs> So I, I respect it. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I wasn't a Kenny Pickett guy coming out. Um, <clears throat> from what I've seen over training camp, he definitely <clears throat> looks to continuously be improving. They built, you know, a nice little receiver core out there. Um, I was a huge George Pickens guy yeah. in the draft. I mean, he was, and I know people are going to be like, no, you don't believe this, but I had him as my second ranked receiver in that class. I just thought, the injury, I think he suffered the injury against Georgia. Um, but he suffered the injury, missed pretty much all of the senior season um, or his final season. Really hurt him, hurt his draft stock. But um, I'm a pretty big fan of Pickens. And I think, I know some people are like in bullish on him with the lack of separation. I just think he fits kind of like that, like, Des Bryant mold where like the separation isn't there, but he's extremely physical. Um, really good with 50, 50 balls. Like he, he's going to do anything he can to get, you know, the ball when it's in the air. Yeah. And if, if you, I don't know if you watch like, a lot of Pickett when he was in college, but like, I'll, I go back and watch like some of these quarterbacks every now and then. Um, that's what Pickett did with, with Addison when he had him for the year. Like Addison was his go-to Addison beat people you know, a little, like, not as physical because he's not as physical as, as a Pickens is. But, mm-hmm. you know, the one-on-one balls is what Pickett is really good at placing. And uh, Pickett is good at placing. And Pickens is good at getting them. Mouthful. Um, yes. Yes. The three receivers there, you know, the three, four receivers that they have there. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with Washington, too. Um, I think he's going to be a big part of their offense and the blocking stuff. And then, you know, to talk about, like, you know, you don't really talk about backups too much, but Mason Rudolph looked great versus Tampa Bay. Um, yes, it's like third stringers and stuff, but, you know, it's seven for 12, 132 and a touchdown. You know, it's pretty impressive for a guy who 
fluctuated up and down his whole career as a Steeler. I think people have to like give more credit to like backups and pay more attention. I mean, you look at like I'm a Cowboy fan. You look at the Cowboys last year. If Cooper Rush, not that I think Cooper Rush is great, but he was able to continue to sail the ship, mm-hmm. uh, keep them not only keep them afloat, but get them on a little hot streak at the beginning of the season. So. These things might not seem important now, but, you know, quarterback goes down even for a few weeks. Like, you know, you'll you'll think back on it and you kind of get these glimpses in the preseason. Sometimes it's hard for backup quarterbacks to to succeed in the preseason because they're on the flip side. It's great when you see them perform because it's like, yeah, they're performing with, you know, second, third string O-line, second, third string receivers. <clears throat> on the flip side, it's also hard to evaluate some of them when they're struggling because they have terrible press protection. The receiving <laughs> core, like they have no, you know, um, there's no rhythm in the offense. So, yeah, they barely get the reps of practice and things to really work it out with the people that they're going in with. And it's tough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I want to get into a little bit of rookie running backs. Uh, I thought there were some good. Good-looking rookie running backs. And I'll just say young running backs. Um, I want to start off by uh, over in Minnesota with the Vikings. I thought Ty Chandler looked great. I know, and we talked about this just before the show, about Alexander Madison and, you know, would Minnesota look at a veteran running back? Um, And I don't think they do because I think Ty Chandler is going to show out more than people think. Um, I think he's a good prospect. They also go ahead and get Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Um, but I thought Ty Chandler looked like a guy who, like, I wouldn't be surprised if throughout the season takes over um, the mantle for Madison. Really? You, you think you think that they would flip ship like that? And you think I, I don't think they will. I think they could. Okay. I can see it being like, you know, we got, I want to see a little more from Ty Chandler. Sure. Um, but I think it could eventually get to like a 60 40, a 55 45 type deal. That's what I think is more realistic. Yeah, because, you know, Madison's never been, like, the full guy. Yeah. So do you do you look at it, whereas Minnesota really going to trust him? And even when they had Cook, Cook, yeah, Cook was the guy, but he it was like a 70-30, an 80-20, you know, kind of split, where Madison was still taking, you know, certain rushes from Cook. So, yeah, you know, that's just how their offense runs. Um, I think Madison's going to have a good year. But, you know, that Minnesota Vikings team always runs the ball really well. So I think whoever you really put back there is really going to have a good year. Yeah, for sure. Next running back I wanted to um, call out for is, uh, and I specifically wrote this down, no Josh Jacobs, no problem. Because I thought Zamir White also looked really good. Uh, Second year running back. Um, I know there was a lot of talk, especially in the fantasy community last year of like, well, if they move on from Jacobs, does Samir White ball out? And I I think Samir, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going anywhere. I'm sure they're going to figure it out. However, I do think Samir White can carve out a role in this offense. Um, a guy who I just think he looked really quick, got downhill really fast. Um, I mean, I was a fan of his coming out of the draft, so I like I like the player, I think eventually who will be the successor for Josh Jacobs, um, especially if this ends up being the, his last year in Vegas, which I do think probably will be. Um, just I don't think teams are going to want to spend, you know, two years of franchise tag money on a running back. Um, but 
that's another guy. And then the last one that I wanted to call, but mainly was really just like the whole Bears offense. And I know this is really based off of like three plays, um, <laughs> but the Bears offense looks like they're ready for a breakout and not. I don't want to say completely not because of Justin Fields. I do think Justin Fields will improve this year, but like he's got talent around him. Finally, uh, Khalil Herbert had an awesome explosive play on a screen mm-hmm. catch for a touchdown. DJ Moore, the same thing. It was actually a pretty bad throw by, um, <laughs> by, uh, by Justin Fields. And he still took it to the house, which is pretty incredible. Um, and then from a, a uh, rookie running back. I thought Rashawn Johnson looked really good running the football. <laughs> he looked explosive when he ran. Yeah. The and I, I, so I know a lot of people like, you know, Bajon Robinson, obviously he's generational back. And I know people say that about everyone. Um, in my lifetime, I think Bajon's the best running back prospect I've ever seen. Um, I truly mean, I, I think he's phenomenal. That shouldn't like ignore Rashawn Johnson like I think Rashawn Johnson's the starter at 99% of other colleges around Mm -hmm. you know in NCAA like I think he's that good of a back um I think he's also extremely versatile um and I think I think Deontay Foreman is probably gonna see the door at some point I wouldn't be surprised if he's even cut before the season starts and then I could see this being like a 50-50 uh Khalil Herbert Rashawn Johnson throughout the season backfield. So I'm, I'm starting to buy in a little bit to that Bears offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Justin Fields didn't throw the ball over five yards past the line of scrimmage, so we still got to wait to see that. But... Yeah, we need to get past the line of scrimmage first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, three for three for 129 yards and two screen passes. You know, you look it looks good in the stack column, but when you watch the game and DJ Morris passes almost at his kneecaps um, three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and the screen pass is the one that goes for the, you know, the big game. Um, but, you know, you can't fault Roshan for being behind one of the best running back prospects to ever come out of college. Yeah. Um, I think only to Saquon. Like, I think Saquon is and still like, I think it's a very, very good argument to have for both of them. Um, that's the, I think those are the only two you can really argue as the two generational in our lifetime. Um I don't want to bite into it too much because I didn't think Saquon was generational. I know a lot of people do, and I'll probably <laughs> – the Giants fans that listen to this podcast will hate me because I <laughs> thought Saquon was an overrated prospect. But I know there are a lot of people who love him. I get yeah. it. I mean, I was, I'm also like a semi-Penn State fan. Um, Fair. But uh, I think, you know, don't fault the kid for being behind this guy. But when he went in at Texas, he was great too. Like, yeah, like the know. offense didn't stop. He like no, he was it, really, it, really good. Yeah, there was never like a. It never felt like a change in chemistry or momentum or anything. And when they had to like switch the two of them out to give like Bijan a break or whatever, um, he's he's definitely a really smart back too. He has really good uh, vision, I think, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the Bears really got steal. Yeah. No. I mean, I was hoping around that. Uh, that he would fall to the Cowboys. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but what <laughs> did happen is I, and I do think the Cowboys got a steal. They got a Deuce Vaughn, five foot seven, running back out of uh, out of uh, where did he come from? Now I'm blanking out. 
Oh god, where did he go? Oh man. I want to say TCU, but I know it's not TCU. Hold on, let me see. It's um it starts with a it starts with a K. Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah, there it is. Mike. It's you- one of the it's one of the states. That was uh that's what but Deuce I mean he had day two film. He just has undraftable size. <laughs> and it sucks. Yeah. Um but I think he is just an He's an awesome player. I think he's got really great balance. I think he has really great vision. I think also, too, like, watching him, I'm like, it's easy to be like, all right, well, like, these guys are, um, these guys are going against, you know, uh, third stringers. But it's like, for running backs, you're also running behind a third string offensive line. So it's equally as impressive to see, like, the success that a guy like him would have. I... I think I didn't think originally he would beat potentially the RB two, but I, I think there's going to be some looks for him there. Yeah, it's you know it, the only I think the only question you can really have with him is his durability. Um, can he last the full season at his size? Getting hit by the NFL players, um, you know his tapes look good in, in in college. He looked really good the other day for you guys. Um, and I think it's a really cool story for him. I think, you know, his dad drafted him and calling him to tell him, like, hey, you know, we're picking you. I think that was really cool uh, for him. Um, and, you know, you guys really have that that RB2 guy yet. You know, if Tony Pollard goes down, what <laughs> what are you guys going to do? <laughs> yeah, and we, we spoke about this before um, before the show. I kind of spoke – like, I, I do think there are options for the Cowboys – um, I do think Rico Dowdle is a can be a pretty good um a pretty good number two. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um but we'll see. I, I was pretty impressed on uh on what I saw from Deuce Vaughn out of the time there. But I'll bounce I, I talked about running backs for way too long. I'll bounce back to you any uh additional notes you have. Um, you know, I guess I'll keep the <laughs> The train rolling with mine. I mean, real quick to not touch on backs, but I think, you know, Gibbs had a really good game uh, too, um, but not staying on running backs too long. Um, I, I think, you know, talking about these rookie quarterbacks, um, I think really the only one that had a great first showing was Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Richardson, I think, can get there. Uh, he looked a little inconsistent, and, you know, he's, he has accuracy issues. And yeah. that's the guy coming out of college. Um, Stroud didn't look comfortable to me. And they pulled him too quick. Yeah. I think it's – I, but I think with them, I think it's just playing time. Yeah. Uh, and that's really all with that. Um, I was a little surprised Bichon didn't play with him being listed as third on the depth chart. Um, See, I don't believe depth chart. Like, they are – Bichon, he's the starter. I mean – Yeah, he has to be. He's a starter. I don't listen to these depth charts. I think they're a bunch of BS. And I I guess I could kind of understand. I think Zeke's rookie year, he only played, like, one game. Which I get it, because, like, every yeah. carry is, like, ultimately, like, hurt your body. Yeah. So might as well leave it. I do want to go back to the, because it was actually one of my topics, was, like, the rookie quarterbacks. And, like, no one was particularly great. However, like, I don't have any worry for any of them. It's 
you know, first game really, first NFL game for them. Um, I didn't get to watch Will Levis at all. Um, I don't watch him. Bryce Young seemed to play pretty okay. I thought Anthony Richardson, I think Anthony Richardson's issue is just like, just he doesn't have enough experience. Um, So I thought, I actually thought he had a pretty good, I know on, you know, the interception, people are going to be like, oh, didn't look great. I thought he had a pretty decent, like, first performance. CJ Stroud, I mean, it's hard to judge. He had four pass attempts. Like, he just was taken out way too quick. Yeah. I think sometimes I understand, like, you know, coaches are don't want to, you know, potentially risk an injury out there. But at the same time, like, the playing time is so valuable in preseason for younger guys. Like, yeah. I would almost rather see a guy, maybe not Bryce Young, because Bryce Young is going to be the starter and he's going to get that experience. Maybe a guy like Anthony Richardson or CJ Stratt, like <clears throat> give him a quarter, give him a half. I mean, Russell Wilson got it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> another thing I, I thought. I don't think Russell Wilson looked bad in that game against Arizona, but I think the Broncos offensive line could get Russell Wilson killed. That's how bad they are. Yeah. Like, Oh my goodness, that uh, the protection was like he had no time to get anything off. When he would make a play, he had there's <clears throat> before the Jerry Judy touchdown, there was a Jerry Judy drop on third down. Mm-hmm. It was just like I felt bad for the guy. Like he <laughs> just had no protection. Yeah, you know, he, I and I think last year it was a lot of like it was their offensive line and they, they didn't really do much to address that um yeah but you know with the rookie guys i think like you said they like i think we can really start talking about richardson and like how he looks after his next game and stroud too like you know stroud only throwing four passes like he's the number two overall pick like he's gotta play yeah you know um and like you said with richardson he has no like re- like he's his experience is very minimal you know, Bryce Young was a starter for two, three years, whatever. Um, Cesar Stroud was a starter for, like, two years. Anthony Richardson was, played eight games in college. You know, like, he needs time. I think out of the three of them, he can be the best one, but he could also be – he's also the one that could be the worst one. I I have Richardson being the best one. I, I just think the intangibles are too good. Oh, I agree. I think, like, he can be. Um, But I think Bryce Young is your definite, like – um, he definitely of- has the highest floor. Yeah, which I get. Bryce Young, I feel like, kind of was underrated through the draft process because, like, <clears throat> the size is really the biggest knock on Bryce Young. Other than that, like, he's just as good of a prospect as like a Trevor Lawrence, in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah. from just a film perspective, like, yeah, I don't think I realized until this year, like, the size of Bryce Young and the like issues people had with him. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought of Bryce Young as like the same thing as Trevor Lawrence, like just another, I, I think tr- Trevor Lawrence is a little bit better of a prospect, but like, I really like Bryce Young coming out and I, I was kind of surprised. I feel like he didn't necessarily maybe get the credit he deserved coming yeah. into this, uh, this draft. Yeah. I think his, uh, like if he was six, two, I think he would get the same kind of hype that Lawrence did. Um, But we're going to take a quick break first. Also, one more shout-out with preseason stuff. Um, 
I thought Justin Ross balled out oh. on the Chiefs. I thought he could maybe be something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think he's definitely somebody fighting for that wide receiver one there. They don't really have, I think, a true guy yet. Um, but he looked the part. He did. He did. But anyways, we're going to be right back. Come back. We're going to talk about our favorite moves from the AFC and F- NFC West. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on Red Zone Talk. Everyone to Red Zone Talk. Uh, Nick and I are back and we're going to talk now. Uh, our favorite moves from uh, both the AFC West and NFC West. So this is where I said earlier on in the show, I wanted to give every team the proper amount of respect and uh, airtime to really be able to talk about everyone. So we're going to go through each team, go over our, uh, our favorite moves and maybe like a brief, how we felt about the, uh, about their off season. Um, so Nick, I'm going to test you. I'll tell you the team. Let me know your favorite move and just overall, like how you felt about the off season. So we're going to start with the AFC West. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I don't really know my favorite move with the Chiefs. Um, this was a tough one for me too. You know, I think honestly, I think them not investing too much in the receiver is my favorite move. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think they do have, you know, like we were talking before with, you know, Justin Ross and, and Sky Moore and all this stuff. I think they themselves have a good core to build around and mm-hmm. they didn't have somewhere to go. Like they weren't going to be able to go up and get like an Addison or JSN or, or Quentin Johnson. Um, I think the non-investing gave the guys the confidence in their room to start playing like they belong. Okay. And that's it. All that that's work. interesting. All right. I, so mine, I I was torn about this too. Um, <clears throat> I know people are big fans of Brett Veach as a GM. I never end up liking the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes, so <clears throat> it doesn't really matter what I think because mm. they're going to be one of the best teams in the league every year. Um, my favorite, I think, was uh, was going for Jawan Taylor. And again, not necessarily a move I love, but I think with Jawan Taylor, they go ahead and they get an a, a cheaper right tackle uh, versus Orlando Brown. Um, and then they also get a better pass protector out of it. Um, so kind of one of those moves where it was like they sacrificed a player, got a cheaper player, but one where I still think it's beneficial. But again, tough offseason for me. I didn't care for their draft. Didn't really care for what they did in free agency. Um, yeah, I would have liked them to really made a move for a receiver <clears throat> in the draft in, in round two or maybe even reach for a guy in round one. Um, wouldn't have been ideal, but I do think they need someone. And yes, like you're right. Like, so build confidence in guys like Sky Moore. Um, they have Kadarius Tony, who they obviously feel pretty good about. Um, they drafted Rasheed Rice, who I wasn't really much of a fan of, mainly due to like lack of separation. But we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. I guess it doesn't really matter how much separation, as long as you're going to make a play on the football. Yeah. 
but he can put the ball anywhere, man. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. It, he truthfully, and one day on this podcast, I'm going to do my like quarterback ranking. I don't think people realize just how much of a gap there is between Patrick Mahomes and everyone else. Like, I cringe when I hear the thought of like Joe Burrow even might be on the same show. Like, they are not. Like, it's Mahomes, and there is like just a massive gap before you get to the next guy. And that's not an indication of like the other guys and saying that they're, they're not as good. It's just Patrick Mahomes is insane. Like he is just like so much better than everyone else. It's not even close. He does. He makes some boneheaded decisions on occasion. Yes. He does have a little like Josh Allen in him where like he'll make a decision and you're like, why did you do that? But he also, can on the flip side, like in the middle of that same game, just make the most ridiculous throws, be extremely smart, and just like he's just he's ridiculous. He's insane. As long as he's there, it doesn't really matter what they do in the off season. I I'm a big proponent of like football's a team game, and it is. But mm. with the Chiefs, sometimes you question like how does him and Travis Kelsey like make it work? Yeah, because. You know, the other teams obviously know the ball's going to Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, and they can never stop it regardless. But you, I think that also gives credit to Andy Reid, you know. And, and you know, you got to give credit to Enemy too. You know, yeah. I, I'm really interested to see how they look without Enemy there. I'm intrigued, too. I do think you're right. I think Andy Reid definitely doesn't give enough credit. <clears throat> um, I feel like this is similar to, like, when we had, like, Andy, uh, when we had, like, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and it was like, well, who's responsible for this? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we just have to agree that, like, there can be a match made in heaven where it's just, like, you have the perfect coach and the perfect quarterback. And, like, for Brady and Belichick, that's what it was. You had the greatest defensive coach in the league and a guy who was the greatest quarterback in NFL history. So it worked. And right now you have, Right now, Andy Reid, I think, is the best coach in the NFL currently. I think he's the best play caller by far. It's incredible the play designs he's able to come up with. When you have that on top of the best quarterback in the league by a mile, you can sacrifice some talent um, that other teams would need. Yeah. All right. Next team, Los Angeles Chargers. Your favorite move? Um. So a lot of a lot of these moves for me are going to be either drafted or not. Um, I really, really like the Corbin Johnson draft for them. Um, I get the um, question marks on him, but watching him play, you know, in the preseason game, he's be a stud. He's exactly what they want to do. Um, he's the guy who uh, Staley loves uh, to do with his receivers. Um, he's your protocol prototypical wide receiver one. Um, and he gets to learn behind somebody who's done it for a while and Keenan Allen. Um, and then, you know, once Keenan Allen, you know, I think Keenan Allen maybe has like two years max left. I think either Mike Williams takes over the Keenan Allen role and then Johnson just does a better Mike Williams role. I would agree. I, this is actually the same thing I had. I also had Quentin Johnson and I actually – Quinn Johnson was my fourth-ranked receiver in this class, <clears throat> mainly because I thought he would be an immediate bust if he had to come in and be the wide receiver one immediately. I do not think he's polished enough to do that. However, 
he falls into a pitch perfect situation where they get a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, who a lot of people I know are excited about in LA. And he's definitely an upgrade from what they had. Although I don't think he is the coordinator people think he is. Um, although Kellen Moore will do a great job in 11 personnel, just like tearing apart the field. I think it's going to feel, it very much feels like kind of when the Cowboys picked CD lamb and it was like, wow, like you get a stud at a receiver to start at the three. Give him, I think by year three, he'll be that wide receiver one, but he's in a good position where like he can just flourish. Like he's just, he's going to be the field stretcher they need. Cause I love Keenan Allen. He's like old reliable, but he's getting up there in age. Um, kind of, he, he does his best work in like the, um, like on the short intermediate throws, Mike Williams does give you more of like a downfield threat, but not really a guy who could create separation. I think Quentin Johnston is just such a good compliment to those receivers. Like he is literally a pitch perfect compliment to those guys. Um, I think he's going to do wonders. I think, He's, he he's, is really going to help take that offense to the next level. Yeah, he fits in so nicely. I think, like, you know, I, I think JSN would have fit in amazingly there. Yep. But um, I think you, you still with Quinn Johnson. I think the knock on, on Johnson is also really not his fault either. It's the wide receivers that have came out of TCU the last couple of years mm-hmm. have been fantastic. Um so I think that's like kind of like in the back, everybody's behind when they're evaluating him and coming out. And, you know, I, I really think like he's going to help Herbert tremendously this year. And no, I, I agree. I, my, my biggest knock on him was obviously the hands, which the hands can be, you know, <clears throat> you can, you can always improve on your hands. Um, I don't think he high points the ball really well. I think he tries to like, <clears throat> kind of basket catch everything. I think that'll like he'll improve. It seems like he's already improving in training camp. I think he's just going to help tremendously by learning behind other receivers and not being the focal point of an offense. I said that too, like as a cowboy fan, like if he fell, um, what did we have? I think we had 28. Like if he fell to the Cowboys, like I was comfortable taking him there because I knew he didn't have to be the guy. Like he's third fiddle. So, um, yeah, I like what the Chargers did off on offense. Um, I think also just getting back Rashawn Slater is like people do not talk about that enough. That is huge. That's an all pro, you know, left tackle that you're going to get back for him. Yeah. All right. Next team. Oh, were you going to say something before? No, I was just saying that was a great move for them. I think it helps them a lot. They've oh, for sure. All right. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> so. Um, I've been going back and forth on like my favorite move by them, um, because I, you know I'll give both of them. Um, you know the first one, not to you know I'm a big you know college college football guy, so but I love the Michael Mayer draft pick. Um, but you know I think I'm on the outside here on the other thing. I think them getting rid of Derek Carr was a good move for them. Whoo! That's the opposite of what I was gonna say. Um, I think I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Carr. 
Um, but I think them getting rid of Carr, I, I and you know, I think Carr going to the Saints is going to be ridiculous. I just think all the like turmoil that you like started to come out as he was starting to get released, like there's something going on there. Um, and to start, what the Raiders really got to do is fully rebuild. I think. Yeah, I um, agree. And to start that, you do got to cut the head off, and you getting rid of Carr. Now I think this puts Devontae Adams on the trade block. And I think you can get a nice return for Devontae Adams still. He's still one of the best receivers out there. Um, They got to rebuild that defense. You know, they signed Marcus Peters, but Marcus Peters is a shell of himself. I mean, he looked great with the Ravens, but, you know, I don't – there's really no, like, move that they fully made besides drafting Mayer to me, I think. Um, They really stood too, like, too much out to me except for – Finally being like, you know what? Yeah, like we got to get rid of Derek Carr. He hasn't done anything for us to win, you know? Um, And they were finally like, yeah, like, you know, I think it's a guts for them to do it. I don't think it's going to help them this year, next year, whatever. And, you know, I mean, Josh McDaniels gets his guy in Garoppolo, but I don't really know what that's going to do for them. Yeah, I, I would like I could understand why, like the perspective of like they definitely needed to move on from Derek Carr. The only reason I disagree with this is because of who they got in return. Like, I felt like it almost felt like they were just trying to cut and save money by getting Jimmy Garoppolo, who I, obviously this is our first podcast episode, but, like, I can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he <laughs> is one of the bottom 12 probably quarterbacks in the NFL, and I don't think he's a schematic fit in this offense. Um, but I would agree that, like, I, <clears throat> I was a big – like, I thought they should have just tore it all down. Like, for me, you were sitting at seven. I would have thought going up to three with uh, Arizona would have made so much sense and be the team to take Anthony Richardson. I thought they had the picks for it as well. Um, I also think you would ship Devontae Adams. Um, I think a guy like Hunter Renfro, now that they signed Jacoby Mott, like, I don't like that. I'm not a Josh McDaniels fan, so I really don't like anything that they did. No. To please a Josh McDaniels offense, like take uh, I love Jacoby Myers, but it never made sense with Hunter Renfro. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's a 2023 NFL. I don't agree with the idea of trying to be a run heavy team. I mean, obviously Josh Jacobs was phenomenal last year, but like you got to be able to throw the football in this day and age. And if you're not a, it's very rare for a run first team to be you know to have that type of success. Yeah. I, now, it, I know I just ripped apart the Raiders, though. <laughs> I did really like their draft, though. Um, out Like, if they weren't going to go get an Anthony Richardson, like, I did like the Tyree Wilson pick. I feel like the Raiders have been awful. At, like, they are notoriously maybe the worst team of the last 10 years with drafting. Like, when you look back at some of the, like, busts that they've had, it's pathetic. Like, it, 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 mine, it blows my – like, the year when they picked just Henry Ruggs with CeeDee Lamb sitting there, I'm just like, obviously it benefited for myself, but like, I'm just like, how do you do that? This year, I felt like they finally took the turn and like had a really great draft class. And I'm going to give a name that probably no one really cares about. Um, but my favorite move was actually done in the third, uh, the fourth round, um, selecting Ja'Korian Bennett out of Maryland. Um, there was a lot of looks at Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He was like 
the corner that everyone was focused on. Um, understandably so. I love Jacorian Bennett. A really quick corner. I feel like the Raiders secondary has been an issue for years. Um, I I was literally begging for the Cowboy, for Jacorian Bennett to fall in the fourth round. I was trying to mock him anywhere possible that I could. Um, so I, and I did, I liked the Michael Mayer pick. I liked the Tyree Wilson pick. I just love Jacorian Bennett and the secondary has been a desperate need for this team. Yeah. He's already kind of showing out at camp for the Raiders. Um, Jacorian Bennett, keep an eye out for that name. Don't be surprised if, a year from now you hear him and I don't think he's going to be like a Tariq Woolen type guy, but like I could see him being like a pretty good starter in the NFL and, um, and being part of like that, this defense that kind of like the back end of it needs to like translate and, and really improve. Yeah. You think, um, you think O'Connell could be anything? I, I, I don't know. I think he's a good, like the, uh, dev, 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 oh my god, I can't speak. Developmental quarterback. Yeah. Um, he looked phenomenal yesterday. He looked really, <laughs> really good. So, I mean, that's not a bad that and that type of player seems to fit like a Josh. I, again, I, I don't. I wouldn't want to try and force fit something for Josh McDaniel's offense, but he looks like a guy who could run it. Um, so we'll see. I do, I do like the player. I think the pick was good too. Yeah, I think that was really it for me. Like I said, I think they need to tear it down, and they're not going to win that division. That division is is too good. There's too it's too top heavy. They yeah. loaded. Like, tear it down. Yeah. Secret, like you know, you know, probably you'll talk about this eventually on another episode. But secret team, I think, to look out for is the Jets going after Adams. Yeah, I I would not be surprised by that at all. And depending on what they're willing to give up, um. I think that you really have to consider it for the Raiders. If you can get the, I mean, I don't even want to think about Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams. It would <laughs> disgust me because I just can't see that team not winning a championship with that. Yeah, there's no way you don't. Yeah. All right. Last team in the AFC West, Denver Broncos. What was your favorite move? So um, with the Broncos, I actually really, really love the Sean Payton bringing him in um i think people don't give peyton enough credit as a head coach um you know he's he's a winning head coach as he had some negative marks on his coaching resume because of you know uh bounty gate and all that but i think bringing something like him someone like him in can really revamp this offense into a new look and what they needed. They have weapons, you know, they have, you know, Judy and Sutton and now Mims, who I really, really like. Um, I think him being a wide receiver three is going to be huge. Um, Them bringing in Troutman kind of like didn't make sense to me, but um, no guy, (laughs) Um, you know, you have Dolchich there and, and him not playing a lot in the preseason and, and not playing on certain downs really is a question mark in my head. Um, but, you know, I think Peyton coming back can help Wilson become the quarterback he was in Seattle. Yeah, I, I do like the Sean Peyton pickup. Um, gives them an established head coach and kind of with the situation they're in, they need that. 
I do wonder how Rush translates into more of like a pocket passer. I mean, he's going to have no choice because he's getting up there with age and not as mobile. Um, you kind of like hinted at, though, my favorite move. Mine is the Marvin Mims draft pick. Mm-hmm. They were a team for a team that didn't have a first round pick that I just thought crushed the draft. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Mims especially was just a phenomenal pick. I mean, he's probably my wide receiver five in this class. I think, I mean, he's all the reasons of what I just talked about with Quentin Johnston is the same thing I feel about with, um, with Marvin Mims, a field stretcher, um, a guy with incredible um, yards per reception. I think, I've never been like, I'm not the biggest Cortland Sutton fan. I'm not the biggest Jerry Judy fan. Although I do think Jerry Judy has another step that he could take, but I think adding Marvin Mims, um, like this team really needs someone who can just stretch the field. Very similar to everything I just talked about with the Chargers. So I don't want to spend too much time like rehashing it, but I think he gives the explosiveness that the Broncos offense desperately needs. Yeah, you know, yeah, like we pretty much the same thing with the Chargers is adding that third guy to really help, you know, their development and, and receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're both in agreement that the Chiefs are going to win this division, right? Like, I don't think we have to spend too much time <laughs> deciding yeah, who's going to win I it. Mean, the Raiders might give a run for their money, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the Chargers, like, literally, like, they, they'll give a run. But I just, it, unless Patrick a, Mahomes goes down for the season, like, I don't think anyone's taking the yeah. Chiefs. It's a, it's a two-horse race with the Chiefs controlling both horses and the Chargers holding on by the tail. Yep. That, I like that. That's a good point. All right, let's get over to the NFC West. Um, and we, we're going to get to talk about the Rams. But let's start off with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, all right. So, I, and if you want, I could start with mine. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll, I'll start with mine. Um, I'll start by saying I did not care for the draft that they have. I mean, I know that, um, I know that they didn't have a pick until the, uh, till the third round. So, kind of limits what you're able to do. Um, but they did something in free agency that I love, which was signing uh, Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. It is scary to have that good of a defense and then go get one of the best defensive tackles in football. And that, like that is one of the biggest weaknesses on that defense. And they just filled it with a stud. Like the way I guessed when that signing happened, cause I'm like, did the best, de- did one of the, a top three defense just really just get that much better by one player. Um, they didn't really do anything else that wowed me. I mean, I'm still, I'm not maybe as high on them as other people are because I'm worried about the quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, I thought what Purdy did, like it was a good story last year, how he bounces back is TBD. Trey Lance looks atrocious. I didn't even talk about that. Trey Lance looks terrible this weekend. Um, and then you got Sam Darnold, who, like, could be something, but, like, also, he's never been something. So, it's, like, didn't really care overall what they did. Um, I don't feel – I feel great about their defense after, you know, getting uh, uh, Javon Hargrave. Offense, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really know how to feel. 
Yeah, I I didn't really um they didn't really do much, but they also didn't need to do much. That is fair too. Um, you know, coming from a Rams fan that hurts a lot, um, say that. But <laughs> um they they're oh, I can't, like, I'm gonna throw up. Um they are the team to beat, I think. Um they've built such a nice team. Um yes, the the quarterbacks are question marks, but everybody loves um, Purdy in that organization from everything yep. I've heard and read and seen um, is a they're all big Brock Purdy fans um, if I can instead of talking my favorite move my least favorite move though is this whole stuff going on with Nick Bosa with them um, yes they are dragging their feet getting a contract extension done yeah, that's like, going to cost them a lot of money like he is your uh, motor. He's your heart on that defense. You taking this long to to sign this guy could hurt you in the long run. Um, yeah, because you you can put a reputable damage that he might not even want to be a forty nine. I mean, I I don't know how extreme it'll get, but like that's the type of that's what you're messing with. Oh yeah, I you know. And like you said, that Hargrave signing, I think, is, is nuts. Um, to fill another plug on that defensive line that just causes havoc to everywhere. Um, it's it's not going to be fun being a Rams fan next year. And to put it into perspective, uh, for those who are unaware, Nick Bosch is – like this year he'd be playing on a fifth-year option. That is – in today's NFL, almost unheard of for star players. Most yeah. star players get paid after their third year. <clears throat> Nick Bosa is obviously one of the best defensive ends in football. Like, it should not take this long. They've already costed themselves a lot of money by waiting for this to be done. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty stupid to, to drag your feet. Um, and then I think... Let's go... Or go I ahead. Think, sorry. The, the, the positive, though, <laughs> for Bosa, I think, in this whole situation is he's technically still on his rookie deal. So all the fines he's getting technically could just be, like, washed. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that's what's going to end up happening. I mean, that, that holdouts now rarely do the team ever come in. like Because I'm pretty sure all of the holdouts are, like, team-driven fines. They end up just, hey, don't worry about it. Like, you're, you're and if you don't, that contract's not going to be signed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Seattle. Seattle Seahawks, what's your favorite move? I, I, I hate talking about only saying the draft, but that JSN pick, I think, was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not even going to waste my time. But I, I also have Jackson Smith and Jake. I mean, when you can add the best receiver in the draft to an already very good duo with a quarterback who just played the best like Seattle's gonna Seattle's gonna be so much better than people think they're gonna be yeah I think I think them taking JSN really shows uh Gino the confidence that they have in him yeah. uh, and I think it helps him become a better player again because you've not like Gino no like you know everybody remembers Gino from the Jets yeah you know? and then he all of a sudden last year has this amazing season. And then now you just give him on top of everything. One of the best probably slot receivers in the game. Now 
Yeah. Um, and then you have DK on one end, and you have Lockett on the other. Like, I hate that I'm talking up everybody, but not <laughs> like the the two of these two teams that we just talked about. They're going to be really scary. Um, you know, I'd, I'd worry. I wouldn't even worry about their defense. Like, I was trying to find something, like maybe a little bit, but I think like their new like quote unquote legion of boom that they have back there again. Like they're scary too. Um, their secondary is definitely really good. It's really the defensive line and like the it, the run defense is what I'd be worried about for them. Yeah, um, and facing the 49ers twice a year doesn't help. So. Yeah, I would agree. I don't spend too much more time. Uh, but let's get over to your Rams. What's your favorite move? Um, <laughs> I actually think it's a move they just recently made. Um, I was very, very sad when the, when they didn't re-sign this guy. Um, they brought back John Johnson as a safety. Um, I love John Johnson um, playing in you know in LA. Um, I also do like uh, one other thing that they're doing is they're actually they were actually willing to um, scratch their whole we don't like draft picks thing and like maybe rebuild um, yeah. I think that they're comp uh, contemplating, you know, you can see, you can see with the moves that they're making and stuff that they're going to try and compete obviously. But if they don't, I think you see Aaron Donald get traded. I think you see, you know, Stafford moved if some team needs a quarterback. Um, would I hate it? Yeah, I would probably, be on, you know, the news in the morning because <laughs> I'm complaining that Aaron Donald is no longer a Ram. But um, I actually don't mind Stetson Bennett at all as a backup. I think he can be really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the John Johnson move to bring him back to a defense who is, like that needs a solidified safety again. Fair. Yeah, I um... – I liked they. I just counted. They had fourteen draft picks, which is insane. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I always think a lot of people have always been like, because I'm a big cap space is a myth, and they're like, well, look at the Rams, like it's catching up to them. <laughs> it caught up to them because of injuries and because they wa- they gave up so many draft picks. Yes. If they were able to like get a lot of like acquire a lot of the players they could in free agency, it'd be a whole different story because you would have these other guys that now would take the place. Um, My favorite pick was, or my favorite move is Steve Avila out of TCU. This is their first uh, draft pick. A lot of flex. I mean, offensive line was a major issue for them last year. Really liked Avila. Um, Gives some really good offensive line flexibility. Um, Primarily, he's going to probably, you know, he's a guard, but he can jump out and play tackle and I think when you have a struggling offensive line I think you need someone like that who can jump in um and really play wherever is needed so I think he's an awesome pick um yeah and yeah I'm not sure how to feel about them this year the Rams I think they could be a sleeper team because I mean granted they they just won a Super Bowl you know two years ago I don't. I think people are counting them out like they're going to be this terrible team. Um, I don't yeah. think that's going to be the case. I don't know if they're a playoff team just yet. I think they're still they're like a mix of like they their stars are old, but they're also very young. 
Yeah. I think it could be one of those things, though, where, like, they surprise you, like, down the stretch. Yeah, and, and we finally have a draft pick in the first round for the first time in God knows how long. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to for that. Um, and if we do think, then we got to keep the home kid home and we got Caleb Williams and, you know, I'll be really, really excited as a round. Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, their draft, they did have a lot of draft picks and I kind of liked the little plug and plays that they picked from here and there. You know, I think Puka Nuka, um, I think he can really be somebody. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. No, but that is that probably would have been my second favorite move. Um, and I, I really think that they they can be a sleeper team. Do I think they make the playoffs? I don't know. And that, like you know, it sucks being you know to be like I don't know. But I'm I'm a realistic fan, and and I, you know, if we get hot, you know, Stafford's shown that he can get hot, and then you know really throw a ball and and lead a team. Um, Aaron, and you have Aaron Donald on defense, so like you know. There's always a possibility. I don't think it happens, but um, yeah, you never know. Yeah. So. All right. Last one, Arizona Cardinals. Um. So my favorite move was them trading their pick. And I can't. I think we've had. Yeah, <laughs> that that was also my favorite move. I love. That was nuts. Um, I, and I did, you know, we did talk earlier before the podcast. I did say we might have some of the same things. <laughs> I know. I told Nick, I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, well, well, I'll improvise. But that was one where I was like really excited to talk about because I think getting a getting the Texans first round pick in 2024 to move back and move back up, but they end up getting their guy Paris Johnson still. With getting the Texans' first-round pick in 2020, I mean, I thought, Chef, that was beautifully done. That was awesome. Um, and, and I, you know, the Texans wanted their guy, too, as, 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 you know, Anderson. But I think the Cardinals did beautiful with that trade. Um, it almost guarantees you another top 10. I don't think the Texans are going to be anything, but, you know, obviously you'll talk about them another time. Um, yeah. I don't want to get too much into them. Um, I think Arizona really, like we said with the Raiders before, I think Arizona really did what the Raiders need to do. Yeah. Uh, they've torn it all down. They, you know, they know they don't have Kyler. They might not have Kyler for the beginning of the year. Um, and then that's that's the other question is is if you do get the number one pick from you or the Texans, is it Kyler? Is it the Caleb? Like it's got to be Caleb. You know, it and has to be. Now you get a haul for Kyler, and now you get even more picks. You get even more things, and what they're doing over there, I think, is is beautiful. And I think that's how you really build a team is to, like, you know, tear it down, like what I want the Rams to do, but they won't do it. Yeah, I don't love the Jonathan Gannon head coaching, but other than that, oh. like what they're doing from a free agency perspective, I like. They are in a perfect spot where it's like, <clears throat> if they have a chance to get Caleb Williams, they're gonna take him get a good load out of Kyler Murray and then basically be able to build around Caleb Williams. Yeah. One of the best quarterback prospects of all time. Yeah. I, and I think I like not to like, you know, I don't really know much about the, the head coach hiring, but I, I really think it's like a bridge head coach. Um, it, I could see that being the case. They, they waited on Gannon for a while too. Yeah, especially if they bring in Caleb, like they're gonna bring in an offensive guy. 
to really like hone in on on Caleb because they brought in Cliff to bring Kyler on and you know I, it worked and it didn't. Um, so I think they they're really gonna do their homework now on some guy like that. And I I think the Cardinals in like two three years can be like the team to talk about in this division. I agree. I agree. Now, quick before we wrap up, who do you think wins this division? The Rams. Um, no, seriously. <laughs> so, if I had to guess, I you know you can't. I don't want to go away from the 49ers, but I really think the question marks at quarterback can really become a thing with people, especially having this film now on Purdy. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's really like the guy that these, oh, everybody's like saying he is. You know, everybody's way overhyping him right now. I think. Yep. Um, I don't think he's as good as people are saying, and like it's not as a salty Rams fan. I promise. Um, <laughs> I really think the Seahawks can become the team to win this division. Yeah, I I was torn on this. I want to say San Francisco to be safe. Um, but safe isn't sexy and there's always going to be only a handful of division repeats. I think Seattle takes it. I just think they had the off season to beat. Um, I think they're going to surprise yeah. a lot of people. I think the quarterback uh, issue in San Francisco is going to be a bigger deal than we think. Yeah. They got to They got to move Lance to have some sort of anything. Yeah, no, I agree. But awesome, Nick. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. You're more than welcome anytime. Yeah, um, whenever really, you, whenever you really need. great to be able to be able to talk about the NFC AFC West with you and everything preseason related. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, I hope you know the future is bright for you in this podcast, and you know, and down the line, if you ever need another guest, I'd more than welcome be you know more than happy to be another guest on on an episode. For awesome. You. Appreciate it, buddy. For everyone that's listening, thanks for uh, joining us for the inaugural episode of Red Zone Talk, and uh, see you on the next episode.